This is Bert Kreischer, and you're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Do you think you're the next Russell Peters? Why not find out by performing on our Amateur Night? Visit yuckyucks.com for information on how to sign up. Amateur Night is only available at participating Yuck Yucks clubs. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yucky Yucks Comedy Podcast. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining me. Uh, hey, just a quick reminder. We are still kicking ass, folks. You know what? Every week, I'm obsessed. I am driven. I am mad. I am insanely uh, uh, just fixated on being still in the what's hot section of iTunes. And guess what? After one year, we still are, folks. We are still on the What's Hot section of iTunes. I could not be more proud of this podcast. Yes, the guests, the interviews, uh, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing ride. Um, We've got some great and exciting news coming up, folks. I told you I was going to keep you guys in the loop. Uh, We just got green-lighted for this amazing show we're going to produce here at the Calgary Yuck Yucks. Uh, Myself and uh, a local local talent here. And uh, we're going to be working on a show. And it's going to be unlike anything you guys have probably ever seen before and never thought it would come back. But we are working on a very cool concept. I can't wait to launch it. Can't wait to tell everybody about it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and and uh, yes, I'm, I'm going to leave it there because I don't want to ruin it. Um, it's I don't want to give it away either. So uh, let us work on this thing. Uh, when I launch it, it's going to be huge. Uh, and uh, it should be absolutely, uh, completely, completely uh, uh, original and, and something that you don't see uh, in the Canadian comedy scene. I'm going to be uh, talking details about that uh, as soon as we get ready to start the marketing end of things. Hey, we just finished Stampede. I'm not sure if anybody uh, had made it out to Calgary. I know the Yuck Yucks here in town had one hell of a show. They had the RE Does Stampede show. And of course, uh, everybody's favorite headliner, Kathleen McGee, was here uh, doing a show with Ari Shafir, Burt Kreischer, uh, Matt I don't even know everybody's name, but it just it looked like it was a fantastic show. Uh, they all went down to Stampede after they did a live podcast at a Burtcast uh, with Mr. Bert Kreischer, and uh, apparently it was a huge hit. It was a huge hit. So if you made it down for that, I envy you. If you did not, I feel sorry for you. Just like I feel sorry for myself for not making it down for that show. But uh, yeah, we've always got killer shows happening right around the corner at uh, the Yuck Yucks Club. And not just Calgary, folks, all across the country. Uh, anytime you look on your social media feed, uh, there are always contests going on. Amateur nights and uh, an urban night and uh, 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 you know fascinating headliners and special shows, people from in and out of town. Uh, it's fantastic. And in case you don't know, there's like 15, 16 clubs. I think there's 16 clubs now right across the country. Uh, the last club that we just opened, Victoria Yuck Yucks, uh, is doing amazing, apparently. Uh, I just saw a post from a good buddy, Mr. John Bueller, who just said, man, this room is made for comedy. And I looked at the picture, and it is. It looks like a great setup out there. Uh, and yeah, lots of exciting stuff going on. Um, much too much. Uh, much, <laughs> much too much. Much too much to talk about. Anyway, on for today's show. We've got a great yuck and comer today. Uh, it goes by the name of Nav Galley. Now, Nav Galley joined us on the 2016 Yuck and Comers Comedy Competition uh, here at the Calgary Yuck Yucks, and it it, uh, it was a fantastic show. I know you guys have heard me brag about it, probably uh, a little too braggadocious, but uh, 
it was a fantastic show. And Nav was one of the finalists on that show and had only done stand-up a few times, a handful of times before he got up on stage. And so, again, as we try to expand our feature here into the amateur circuit, uh, we also like to extend the invitation to some amateurs out there who would like to get uh, into the studio and, you know, talk a bit about what they hope to do with the comedy and, you know, who they look up to and who's helped them and, and their their journey. Everyone's got a great story. Uh, we've got some fantastic interviews coming up. This one today is no different. As I said, Navgali, very inspirational story and uh, great outlook, great energy. I love that about a lot of the young comedians that are coming up right now. And I shouldn't say young as in like he's a young guy, but I mean young in the business, young in comedy. Nav is one of those people. He's very energetic, uh, likes to you know promote and help shows uh, succeed. Uh, and he's taking the time to really dig his heels in and, and get, uh, get a lot of experience under his belt. And I think it's great. And I see that community all throughout Calgary. And I'm sure it's like that in the city that you're in as well. And I just encourage everyone to try to get involved in the local scene. Go out and support. I just went to a, an open room. Uh, the first time a uh, room opened up uh, this last week, a uh, good friend of mine, Mr. Paul Can. I uh, hope to have him on the show at some point. I think he'd have a fascinating story. Uh, he just opened up a room and went down there and checked it out and got to hang out with some of the uh, comedians down there. It was wonderful. It was, uh, it was great going out there and uh, rub elbows with the locals. Right? Right? Isn't that the whole? Yeah? Anyway, folks. Uh, hey, keep checking the website, yuckyucks.com. Uh, be sure to drop us a little, uh, you know, mention on Twitter once in a while, hashtag YYCP. And please, 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 can you go on to iTunes and leave a little review for good old Jakey boy? Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, also filling in this week uh, is the uh, always wonderful executive producer, Ms. Kira Williams. Uh, she's going to be helping uh, post uh, these episodes because our good friend, the webmaster, the webmistress herself, Camille Sorovi, is off getting married, folks. That's right. Camille's off the market. And the gentleman who does the intros for my show, the, the badass uh, acoustic licks, Mr. Lane Argue, uh, that's her fiance and they're getting married and, uh, I got an invite. Uh, unfortunately I couldn't make it out, but, uh, it's going to be a fantastic time and I couldn't be more happy for the two of them. A uh, fantastic couple, wonderful people. And I look forward to meeting them at some point. Hey, let's get onto the show right now. Let's go talk to Mr. Nav Galley. Place. You like it? Yeah, yeah. I think for the guys uh, who haven't been here, they gotta be. They gotta They're be missing out. They're missing out. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. This is dynamite. This is like my little home out here. It's uh, all my little. Uh, I got stuff from like Steve Simone, Jonathan Baum. Yeah. Got Ari Shafir gave me a weed a grinder. Well, there you go. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that. But... <laughs> <laughs> got the Wonka golden ticket. The Wonka. You know who who does those ones? Huh. Steve Simone. No way. Yeah, yeah, he does uh, He does that stuff, man. And then he gave me one of the shirts, too, over That's there crazy. on that studio wall. Of course, we've got the, uh, we've got the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast uh, painting right behind you as well. Everyone was, needs uh, to see that in person. You guys. Yeah. It's a thing of beauty. Oh, it's great, man. My buddy Sean <laughs> Toma did that at one up. Oh, me, Sean. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know Sean? I do, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a great artist, man. He's a man. wicked guy. 
good dude. Now he's doing tattoos. He's got into tattooing. Oh, no so way. I'm like, well, fuck. Now I get to get more of my most most of my stuff for free. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Tattoo tattoos and free should never go together in no. the same sentence, man. No. So no. I finally get to sit down with Nav Galley, man. One of the uh, one of the finalists for uh, for the Yuck Yucks uh, Yuck and Comer 2016 Amateur Comedy Competition, man. It's been a wild ride for you. It has. And uh, it's it's great to actually sit down and uh, and get to bullshit with you for a bit because we we talk all the time, we but do. we don't ever get to talk in depth, really. No. About no. Your story and how things got started and all that good stuff, just man. Life, so, man. Just, <laughs> just like so, uh, and I know that we've talked about this before, but uh, you weren't really prepared for all this. No, this is I'm like the fact that I'm sitting here is, is blowing my mind. Yeah, did you think like a year ago that you'd be you'd be uh, you'd be this far in the comedy world so no, far? Not no, no, no. I you know it's one of those things where it's like you have these goals that you kind of set for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I had these first year goals, and they were just to perform in places. It was just to to to. Get up there, and and be funny. That now, was it. Now, was that something that you that take a long time to do? Did you ever get up on stage before? Was what was your first amateur time, or what was your first time? I went to this was uh, two thousand and one, right? Uh, two thousand two, sorry, and it was uh, Yuck Yucks, right? Back when it was at the uh, at the Blackfoot, at the Black, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. they were doing uh, they were doing workshops. Okay, so they had uh, they had Who workshops was teaching for amateurs. That back then? Uh, Welby Santos was the one who got me to to go up there. Nice. Out in Edmonton. So yeah, he was yeah. just like, you got to come out here. And so it was whoever was performing that week right. was totally open to just, you know, like giving you pointers, having you go up on stage, do a do a quick little set. And then, Which is like the perfect people to do it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah. So I got that and it was really good, you know. Right. And then uh, I went on stage once on an amateur night, bombed. Did you? Absolutely awful. No, it way. was just awful. <laughs> How many people were there? Oh god! I love you know what I love. I love hearing these stories once in a while, just because it like it reminds me of like of um, of the raw beauty of stand up yeah. comedy, and it also reminds me too that not everybody starts off great. No, because I think uh, there's sometimes when you can go like for myself even the first show I ever did, I brought like ten people with me. Yeah. And uh, there wasn't 10 people in the crowd. I mean, there was like 100 people in the crowd or 70 or 80. I don't know how many people. It was close yeah. close to 100. Yeah. It was fucking packed. But as I was doing it, I was like, man, I'm doing pretty good because I noticed the whole room's laughing. It's not just my 10 family members are doing it. Yeah. But it, it kind of gave me this false sense of, of like I walked off stage going okay I'm ready for my net, right. my like my Netflix special yeah. I, I'm, I've got I've got an hour ready to go get me on just for laughs yeah exactly yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it's it's funny because it's those little humbling experiences though because I've done rooms where there it's it's crickets man yeah. like I, yeah. I've, I've I've bombed for sure yeah. and and I've just been like I don't know about bombing but I mean like I've been there because I I've always felt like I had enough to make people laugh and some stuff totally. right yeah. like it's bound to something that's going to resonate with somebody in, yeah. in in the room. But I've I've been in enough rooms where I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to go very well. <laughs> but it also reminds me that not everybody starts off doing amazing. No. And, and that's, I think, what people need to hear that. People need to know that their first time going up on stage and they get that weird feeling in their gut where they're just like, I'm two minutes in and this is not going as yeah. I planned it. Yeah. It's one of those things where I, I thought, you know, I'm I'm hilarious. Yeah. My friends think I'm funny. I'm right. just going to go up there. I'm going to crush it. It's going to be the exact yeah. replica of what my friends think yeah. it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you go up and you sell your first joke and you wait for laughter. <laughs> and you're just sitting there waiting and you're just... And that's when the panic sets in, right? And you go, oh, God, I've got four more minutes of nothingness going on. You forget where you are and you're just like, hey, so my name's weird. 
And they tell you not to do those jokes, you know, yeah, because not yeah. everyone can resonate with your damn name. So it was just awful. It was absolutely, I think there were like 50 or 60 people. I didn't tell anybody because that was my, you know, I was just like, yeah, you didn't I, want anybody to show up. Yeah, but, if, yeah. I, if I, you know, what was some of your uh, what were some of your jokes? You, you know, honestly, it was a lot just about it a blur. It was a blur. <laughs> I, I I thought I had a really good thing with my name, right? Because right. I was like, oh, it's my name. It's funny. Sure, it's brown. Yeah, we'll just go with it. And then people were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Tell us something. Tell us something that's funny. They're like my cousin's name's Nap. But what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. There were probably eight Nabs in the crowd that night, and they were like, "What's your problem? That's not that hard." And so, it, and then the rest of it was honestly just a blur. I mean, I probably finished three minutes early. Right. I just remember panicking. Like, yeah. I don't, it, it was literally just a blur. I was so yeah. scared. And I just couldn't wait to get off stage, right. which is not the feeling you want. Sure. And so I got off and I just remember everyone was like, yeah, you know, that wasn't so great. Right. But uh, just work on your craft. Like, you, you're funny. You just, who was around then? Like, as far as, who did you have that was kind of pumping you up back oh then God, or just, giving you advice? Welby was my boy. Welby. Welby yeah. Santos was my boy. Yeah, yeah. And that was pretty much, uh, the rest of the guys, I, I honestly don't. Don't remember don't who remember was around? Yeah. No, no, it was so long ago. Did, now, did that set, set the tone for you for stand-up? Like, did you look at that and be like, fuck, I don't ever want to go up on stage again? Or would you? did that inspire and motivate you to, to become better? It scared the shit out of me. It did. It, it did. Yeah. I kept writing. That was the one advice I got. It was really good advice from um, uh, Jeremy Hotz, actually. No way. Was saying, you know, just write. Always write. Yeah. Just You never know. You write it down. You put it in. Back then, there weren't cell phones, you know? Sure. There were flip phones, and you could, so it would take you eight years to write something because you had two, two, two. Okay, I got the letter C. Here we go. So I, I had this little... People don't know the struggle. Yeah, people had, don't know man. the struggle. Damn know. kids. Exactly. Millennials. And uh, so I was writing, and, and I started, you know, writing and writing. I would put the stuff in my desk. Sure. And then life just got busy. Right. You know? It takes like I, over. It takes over. And right. I had that fear. Yeah, fear had me. Like uh, maybe I'm not as funny as I think I am, right? Right, like, right. Or maybe I am, but I just don't know how to put that into a nice little five minute. And that's sure. I think that's what people don't get. It's not right. even about being funny. Yeah, it's about taking your stuff, taking your story, taking your 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 material, mm-hmm. and now condensing it. Yeah, I always it. think of it in some of this weird way, and people are going to think I'm I'm fucking creepy for it. But uh, remember that movie Ghost? Yeah, remember when Demi Moore was sitting there doing the pottery? Yeah, yeah. And Patrick Swayze kind of came up behind her and was, you know, yeah. uh, copping a feel and then kind of like showing her how to do the <laughs> and then pottery. Got it thing. done right. Yeah, they got it done. But yeah, yeah. But the the funny thing about it is, I look at that kind of like comedy. It's yeah. like you start off with this ball of shit. Yeah. And you slowly start whittling it away, and you slowly start, you know, carving out your five minutes or yeah. your piece of art. Yeah. And then once in a while, you get a good-looking headliner like Patrick Swayze to come up behind you and, uh, and goose you a little bit. And then slowly <laughs> show you how to hone that, yeah, mold how, it how, how to mold that craft. Yeah. And, and uh, I always tell people, like, it's funny because when you, when you first get up there and you, and you have an experience like that, it's going to go two ways. It's either going to be, like you said, it's going to be a fear where you're just going to be like, God damn, I don't ever want to do this again. Yeah. Uh, or it's going to give you the motivation to say, you know what? I want to work on this, and I want to. I know I can do better. Yeah, I know yeah. I can do better. because I think you're right. It, it's it's people's like people's experience and perspectives on life, For sure. and what their experiences are, and how it's funny. And I'm sure in their world, it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's the funniest thing that they've ever seen or they've ever talked about. Yeah. But it's like you said, it's how you deliver that package, and it's how you how well you craft that joke. And I think that's the real key to stand-up is, is just the delivery and how you present your view on the world. That's absolutely it. It has to connect. It has to yeah. has to connect with the people. It has to be told in a way. And, and people sometimes get into the weeds of their story, right? Because sure. they think the whole thing is funny. Right. And, and they don't realize that there's parts of it that, yeah, they're real. Sure. But they don't make any sort of impact. They don't make the story better or right. funnier. They're just right. 
they're just tidbits. Yeah. And, and, and when you have five minutes mm-hmm. and you waste four minutes of that kind of getting to the punchline, you're right. losing the crowd. Right? For you're sure. Just losing people. So it was just one of those things where I was, and I was 21. Yeah, yeah, you're on. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be hilarious. I'm ready. Like, you ne- let's, let's go just for laughs. Let's go Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you're 21 and you're just like, okay, well, that wasn't so good. So I'm going to focus on something else. Forget <laughs> right, this. Right. Let's go get drunk or whatever. <laughs> right? like, so, okay. So let's, let's go back a little bit before you sure. got into, into the stand-up thing. Yeah. Where are you from? A born and raised Calgarian. So you're the only one left. Uh, there's the one left. of us, and it's me. <laughs> it's you. And, uh, yeah, you don't hear that very feeling. often. Man. Yeah, yeah. Calgary, no, it was, man. Uh, it was crazy, man. Like, a lot of the material I get from, from is, is growing up in the 80s in yeah. Calgary, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Calgary's progressed a lot. Sure. Uh, in the last little bit, yeah. for sure. But yeah. growing up in the 80s in a... In a Where did you grow up at in Calgary? I was in, in the hood. So was, you, weren't, you weren't joking around uh, no. telling Adam, Adam Ruby, like, listen, man. <laughs> My Bonesian? Yeah, you're Bonesian. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, a listen, man. Yeah. Like, I grew up in, in, in the hood. No shit. I totally did. Yeah, I was uh, right off of 17th Ave Southeast. I lived on 14th Ave. No way. Yeah. Where did you go, go to school? I went to uh, Pembroke Meadows Elementary. Okay. Uh, was for about... Grade two, okay. walking to school one day and uh, had a guy tell me to go back where I came from. No, that shit sticks with you. No way. But it was, you know, what it was really good because I was just like, well, I'm from here, so you want me to just like my house is down the road, man. <laughs> didn't like, quite I just, resonate with it. I what just is didn't point get it. And then when I went and talked to my dad, my dad came out here in 1972, right? Like, right. He came from right. India. He was an immigrant, busted his ass, you know, yeah. and he was by himself. And uh, you know, he comes out, you got nothing, right? And that's right. Just, you, you see that, and you're just like. Those are inspiring it's stories, man. So I know a lot of people like that. People yeah. don't understand the struggle. Dude. They don't. My like yeah. my dad literally, you know, he never liked to really talk about it, but right. he had a lunchbox. That was it. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. clothes on his back and he was just like he busted his butt. He worked, you know, busted his ass, three jobs. That's incredible. And you you're very close with your dad. I mean, who who ended up passing away, yeah. right? And yeah. I've kind of gathered that from uh Facebook. But yeah. but the point being that he was a very important force very in so. your life. Yeah. 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 He you know, he he showed me the uh, how to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, work hard and always work do good. ethic and stuff. Yeah. Just the work ethic, right? And always doing good. Like you don't right. you don't do wrong by anybody. So yeah. you just you can help people as much as you you, you can. And yeah, you just stuff will work its work its way out. That's amazing you know, for man. yourself. So. That's inspiring, dude. Yeah. Where did you go go to high school? Forest Lawn. Forest Lawn. Forest Lawn High. High School. Yeah. No I have, way. Uh, the stab wounds to prove it. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it that builds your character, man. Yeah, it it, it, it does. It yeah. does build your character because it really is the melting pot of everybody that uh, the rest of the city rejects in some certain way <laughs> because there's a reputation, a label that comes it's around Forest Lawn. Crazy, yeah. I I legit my first day of university. Yeah, I made it to university somehow going to Forest Lawn <laughs> and uh, work ethic. And uh, I remember we were all sitting in Mac Hall and everyone's talking to one another like. Oh yeah, where'd you go to school? Where'd you go to school? And everyone's talking about all the different high schools. Right. And my turn comes up, and I'm like, Forest Lawn. Silence. <laughs> people are like, what? what? I didn't know we allowed people from Forest Lawn over here. Make it to university <laughs> from Forest Lawn. Yeah, because there was what? There was Forest Lawn and like Jack James. Wasn't yeah, it? Forest Lawn, Jack James. So Jack I was James good friends with the wrestling coach over there, Jack James or Jack, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah across, but, uh, across the field. Yeah, across the field there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. must have been some pretty good rivalries in. Oh my gosh, yeah. Jack so, James seemed to be kind of like where the loose cannons would go, though. A lot more. Yeah, like if you couldn't make it to Forest Lawn, which I mean. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that hard. Uh, you went to they Jack James. You kicked your ass over to Jack James. You went over to Jack James, yeah. and that's where it, either you came out of beautician yeah. or mechanic. Uh, trade school, kind that's of. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was exactly like an early was. sate. Yeah. Or Van, Van Horn, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Yeah, that's well, crazy, well, man. I know a lot of mechanics. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Which it. is great, man. That's and then people are just like, why would your kids come to our school at lunch and beat us up? <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm like, where did you go to school? Father Lacombe. Well, we had nothing better. What do you want me to do, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, How else do you want us to entertain ourselves, man? There's no fucking library here. Oh, man. Yeah, no. That's classic, dude. So, okay, so so what was your first inspiration? Because I know that we, we talked about this before, but yeah. your dad had ordered a TV package, and you, you, wanted, you had to make sure it was on. <laughs> we had basic cable, you know, and, and every yeah. time new channels came out, I was like, Dad, you got you to gotta hook you us gotta, up, right? Yeah. So we'd always get the sports stuff. Dad was a huge sports fan. My brother, older brother, loved sports, and mm-hmm. uh, so that was great. And then I remember a comedy network came out, you know? I was like, let's do Channel 41. Right. I was like, God, Dad, Dad. Dad, we need this. We, yeah, we. I need this. We gotta like, up the package. We gotta here. up that package. <laughs> and he was just like, "Look, you're always telling stories and, and making people laugh anyway. Like, yeah. all that we're gonna get is more of that shit." And right. I was like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> so yeah, no. Comedy Network came into into my life, and it was just. Who was your first inspiration that you saw on TV that you really thought? Like, you know what's funny? When I was growing up, I, I watched a lot of sitcoms. Right. Like old sitcoms. Yeah, yeah. Not the sitcoms like you know that that were. Around when I was a kid, I used sure. to watch like Happy Days, Three's Company, like yeah. those types of things. How old are you? I am 34. 34, okay. Yeah, so I was born in 81. So you're right on the cusp of when uh, all those shows for me were like uh, the later part of probably the 80s. Yeah. And then, so yeah, you're about 10. Okay, you're, you're okay, so you're what, 34? 34. Yeah. Okay, so you're, yeah, you're like seven years younger than me. Yeah. So yeah, we're right around that same time where a lot of the same shows that were Happy Days and, Happy and, and uh, Good Times. Good and Times, yeah. All that stuff, man. And, uh, and Three's Company was like John Render. Oh, man. Just What's funny, though, is that geez. people don't understand is like that was the start of sitcoms. Yeah. Was that uh, – who was – I forgot who it was. Um, the guy that ended up going to HBO, Chris Albrecht from uh, from Evening at the Improv or right. the Improv or whatever. Yeah, yeah. These basically agents were coming out and, and basically saying, hey, like who do you know that would be a great fit for the sitcom? And it was all comedians back then. It was all comedians. I mean, Ritter was stand-up. I mean, all yeah. those guys were all stand-up back yeah, exactly, then. Exactly. You know, you look at um, – this is an old one, probably before your time, but like Booze and Buddies, like uh, yeah. Tom Hanks and all. I mean, those guys, it was all comedy back yeah, then. Yeah, Mork and Indy, right? Yeah, like Mork and Wendy, Robin Williams. And yeah. man, that's a. And so you got to see comedians, but they, you got to see them in a, in a dramatic fashion. In a dramatic and, fashion, yeah. yeah. John Ritter's doing his thing. I know Cosby Show, we don't like to talk about that guy right now. <laughs> but, but, but bottom line is, is that guy inspired a generation of millions of, of kids millions who, of who kids. wanted Cosby as their father, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. I thought Cosby was brilliant. Yeah, you know, and on a comedy level, yeah. he is brilliant. I yeah. mean, on a personal level, he's a piece of shit. But I mean, yeah. but I mean, but he Yo. did, he did. Like, uh, I mean, there that that sprouted a, a massive generation Absolutely. of people that inspired comedy. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, and then all the shows that. that followed after that, right? there were just so sure. many things in all the other sitcoms, and there were yeah. shitty ones, right? You had your Family sure. Matters and your Full House and stuff. Right, like that. right, we had right. Gems like Fresh Prince came out and stuff yeah, like that. Man. So. And then yeah, comedy. It was it was just like watching stand up, watching the Just for Laugh shows. Right. You know Eddie Murphy. Sure. Uh, George Carlin. Yeah. Unbel- Richard Pryor. Richard. I mean, Pryor, just watching man. these guys being like Richard Pryor would go up there and just and Robin Williams too, right? Like just yeah. the actions and just oh, so yeah. much physical comedy. Physical watching comedy. this, going, you can make a living like this. Yeah. Like these guys are famous. These yeah. guys are getting paid to go up there and just. Yeah. Make people laugh. It's it incredible, was, man. It was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. It's an inspirational thing. I used to watch uh, Evening at the Improv every Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I used to watch, you know, Carolyn's Comedy Hour. Like, you know, Carolyn, uh, she she had a place. And, and uh, I mean, it just kept on going and going. But I remember Bud Friedman would go up there with his little monocle, his, yeah, yeah, his yeah. one glass <laughs> monocle, and he would introduce comedians. And I'd just sit there going like, holy shit. Yeah. Where do I, how do I get in on this? Yeah, yeah what up. happens here? Talk shows too, right? Like I yeah. remember sneaking away, you know, out of bed and going to watch uh, watch Tonight Show. And, yeah, and, and they'd always show. have comedians always. feature on that. And, and they were always on last, right? So right. you'd watch like the interviews and kind of be like, yeah, yeah these are hilarious. Yeah. But 
I'm like making sure I don't get in shit from my dad. You know, <laughs> we have school tomorrow. <laughs> Damn it! Like you got to get good grades. That's funny though. You say that because you had to sit through the bullshit. You had to sit through yeah. like uh, you know J.R. Ewing doing Dallas, and then uh, you know Falcon Crest for you know ten exactly, minutes of some exactly. interview. I don't know who the hell they are, nope. and then. Uh, Stupid pet, pet tricks, and then you'd see the comedian come out. But they were always brilliant, man. Always. They always had it buttoned up for a five minute clean, oh. great set. And that's what gives you the inspiration for this, right? You know you can do it. Yeah. Know, sometimes you think five minutes, that's that's barely enough for one joke. Bullshit. Yeah. Right? You see it on stuff like that, and you're like, I can fit good two, two and a half, three yeah, in there. Man. Like, yeah. So so let's get back into the comedy, sure, man. Yeah. So 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 you kind of you came into this with full full force, man. Like I, you know, I took that. What break. was the inspiration for to come back? What was that? My wife. Your wife, to be honest, and you're yeah. married to a fantastic woman. Thank you so much. I've met her a, a few times now, yeah, and, yeah. and she's such a pleasure. And that's she's such a, that's so important, man, it's to have, huge. right? She's to so have that supportive, support system, and she's just you know she lets me test my shit on her at the dinner table. Yeah. And she'll tell me it's not funny, and I'm like, no, no, it's funny. You just you don't know comedy. <laughs> you think you know, but you don't. But yeah, no, we've been talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They call you out of the bullshit. Right? No, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So I'd been talking about it forever, and like I said, I. I I kept writing, right? Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a pen and paper, and then when the cell phones got better, I had this running note in my phone. Sure. And stupid shit that would happen, or stupid shit I'd say or see or whatever, I'd be, I'd, okay, I'd constantly, like, sometimes we'd be driving, I'd be like, Sim, you gotta, like, pull over. Write this like, down. Like, take, take, the, take the wheel. Like, right. I gotta type this out, or type this out for me. Yeah, yeah. Right? And, uh, and so finally, she was like, God, we've been talking about it forever. We're right. about to have a baby. Yeah. Like, it's put up or shut up time. Yeah. And so she gave me the ultimatum until the end of 2015. And I waited it out, man. Like yeah. Every month I'd be like, no, no, I got stuff. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Sure. And then we had our daughter. And yeah. uh, that changes perspective, man. It does, right? Like it just, yeah. you talk about all this shit. Uh, oh, you can't let fear get the best of you. Right. I'm going to teach my kid that. Yeah. Well, I let fear get the best of me with stand-up. Sure. Right? I, can't, I yeah. can't teach her that and not live it. Right. So my daughter was literally, literally um, a year old. Wow. A year and a week. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm going to get up there. Yeah. yeah. She was born in 2014, December 7th, 2015. Wow. She was born in November. And uh, yeah, That's December amazing, 7th, man. I got Beautiful up. Beautiful girl. Again. Beautiful girl. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, she's my inspiration. You that's know? amazing. So, yeah, man. Yeah. That's dynamite. So that's what got me back into it. I just, I, I, I refined it. I had five minutes. I was like, okay, this is it again, right? Make it or break it. Sure. Like if I get laughs, it's good. Do you I think, though, it. like, because I know a lot of people are like, well, I don't have really that deep of a perspective on comedy at 18 years old or, or 21 oh, years old. No. But uh, do you think that that helped it your your career so much more by having that last ten years of experience of, of just not even experience in comedy per se, but yeah, just life just experience life. and having a different perspective on comedy? I have no regrets. I have no what ifs. Right. Because for me, everything I joke about or talk about now on stage is stuff that's happened. Sure. And it's it's I have the maturity now to be able to to do it better. Right. And I've learned just so much over the last few months too. Right. Like just even that. Taking that thirteen and a half year break, yeah, sounds funny saying it, but no, I, I, there's no way right. I would have had when I was twenty one years old. Not just wasn't able to have what the same. Was, the stuff I talk about now is all stuff that's happened, but it's right. not even just about stuff that's happened. I mean, I talk about I have a new new stuff that I've just started about growing up in Forest Lawn, but sure. I wouldn't have been able to refine it in that manner. Right. It's just the maturity you get. You just learn. Yeah, I found that too. I found that uh, I've got more to pull from. I've got more experiences yeah. to kind of uh, to refine. I've got more more things that make sense to me, you know, clarity wise. That would probably resonate with a bigger audience yeah. than it would have been. 
you know, and that's not to take away from, you know, the young comics that come up that are 18, 19 that are brilliant. Bless like, I, yeah, that's it's crazy. great. If you have that confidence and that perspective, and we've seen that with some of the young guys. I mean, like, you know, I always call Matt Foster a young guy, but, you know, he's actually, he's like, he's in his later 20s, I think, now. But I always think Matt's like, you know, 17, <laughs> you know, just a baby snapper. boy, right? Yeah. But, I mean, but even guys like, because, I mean, Adam Ruby gives off this sense of confidence, yeah, yeah. but he gives this, like, nervous energy that really makes people laugh. Yeah. Um, but even you look at guys like Bobby Warner yeah, and Jake Bobby. Poirier, who Jake just come up with just great confidence man unbelievable I, I when i was 21 i mean those kids are you know they're 19 kids sounds old but no i mean yeah. I, I didn't even have that confidence or that that ability i didn't know to pause i didn't know how to do it properly right. on stage right. i didn't have that presence sure and and you just great for them to get to that point they're yeah. already there yeah. i needed my last 13 and a half years like i went to school right you know my work i yeah. got confidence i'm in i'm in sales and marketing right yeah. that's what i do and so that helped me yeah i wasn't able to talk to people in the eye Right, you know, you right. can't go do stand-up comedy staring at the freaking ceiling or the floor the whole time. Exactly, right? exactly. And I learned that through life. You know, you just right. think you, you, you start... think you can when you're hanging with your buddies and you're telling, you're shooting the shit and yeah. you're talking to them, looking them in the eye. Yeah. And you get in front of a, a group of fifty, sixty, hundred people you don't know, and you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, I can't. Okay, I'm just... <laughs> what was I going to say? I'm brown. Uh, that's all I got, you guys. Thanks. You know, like you just you forget everything. And yeah. for these kids to have that confidence already, yeah, they're only going to get better and better. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But but that that also that that also goes. You know, it goes to say that that I think things happen at the right time yes. for the right to people. And and uh, and like you said, I mean, that's a brilliant way of saying it. I needed those thirteen years. I needed them. Yeah, to kind of refine that and to make me confident and to get some of that life experience that I can really expose out on on a stage you Absolutely. know what i mean yeah. and, and you're a father and you're a husband and that resonates with a lot of people as yeah well. and i notice your your comedy resonates with a lot of people i think that's the mass appeal to that is that it's funny it's witty and uh the people in the crowd are people that you're that you're talking to that that uh, that know that same experience yeah. of you know yeah. what it's like having a baby that's under five years old and <laughs> losing nights of sleep and yeah. going through the birth you know and yeah. and all those types of things man which is all great material like thanks man yeah, pull, yeah pulling from from all those uh, experiences makes makes for a much better set. You have to. Uh, Kevin Kevin Stobo, mm-hmm. who I got to work with at, uh, at the Cochrane show, was right. you got to find the funny, mm-hmm. right? And the funny's there. Mm-hmm. You just got to find it. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's amazing advice to anybody out it there is. who's listening, who's yeah. who's in comedy or wants to get into comedy. Yeah. The funny is there. You just got to find it. You just got to find it. And that's yeah. what it is. It's I was I was able to find it. You know, yeah. and the doctor's telling us we can't have sex for six weeks. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what I need eight, for six man, <laughs> because that shit was crazy. Did you watch? Were you there? You were there. You were there. I saw it. Like you see it every day. You must not have sex. Period. <laughs> but it's so true, though, man. Because if you look at like if you know like and in, in even like Stobo, man, who's been around. Yeah. And and he's so good at what he does, and he's so fucking funny, man. Yeah. That sometimes those little hints of advice, yeah. you know, you get that that little nugget of advice, and at the moment you're thinking, "That's all you got for me? Yeah. What the? What are you talking about?" And it reminds me of like the um, Forrest Gump, where he's go running across the country, and, and he develops this massive following right. of people, and then he just stops, and he's like, "You know what? I'm actually kind of tired. I'm just gonna go home." And everyone's like, "That was your fucking? The, that was your life advice? That, that was the nugget I was waiting it. for?" Yeah, but then. But then it makes sense to you afterwards yeah. because you're just like, you know what? That is so simple but yet so true. Yeah. And sometimes it's the way that people frame 
the statement to you yeah. or the perspective on it or the angle on it that sure. you just like, wow, that opened up an entire new process of thinking and the way that I think about how to approach a joke or, or how to find funny in something, yeah. Yeah. you know? And it's just the same thing with like when people give you advice when, when I first started doing this too and it was like, oh, how do I get better? You just got to get on stage more. Right. That's it? Yeah. That's all you got from me? No shit. <laughs> but you realize what that means when you do get on stage. Right. And you have that. You do the set again and you, you bomb it or you do it a bit differently. Sure. Smaller crowd, larger crowd. You're just working on stuff. And all of a sudden, you do something as you're riffing and everybody cracks up and you're like, oh, right. shit. Yeah. I got to add that all the time. Absolutely. You know? Like, yeah. A lot of the stuff that I do, you know, I, I, I write and then it's just, you know, you get to a point where the confidence comes. Right. And so you're not so, I, I don't want to use the word rehearsed, but right. it's one of those things where you're just following point A to B. You start to realize that you need to, you're engaging the audience. You're not there for yourself. You're there sure. for the crowd, right? Absolutely. And all of a sudden, you start realizing that. And you're just like, oh, we're having fun now. And I'm just going to start riffing. I'm going to start adding stuff just because people are laughing. I'm going to go with and it. And that confidence comes out, man. Yeah. Like, if you start doing well and you see the crowd re- reacting to stuff like that, I notice that's when people start riffing with the crowd and they yeah. start having fun with it. And once you're up there, and I always use this example. It's like uh, Brandon Craig. Like We had yeah. Brandon Craig out here about a year ago for the... Um, for the festival, yeah. a little shameless plug there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Brandon was like, he still looked a little apprehensive on it. He wasn't very confident with his material. And what I said to him is, is that when he was on stage for the, for the competition, he gave off this impression. Like, I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm going to have fun yeah. and I'm going to go out there. And if, and if, and, and, and he even said that in, in the, in, in, in our podcast yeah, was yeah. just like I got, it's got this overwhelming feeling in me that it's just like I'm leaving in a month I don't really give a shit I'm going out with a bang who cares yeah. like I'm just gonna go out and have fun with it yeah. and you stop not that you stop caring but you stop worrying about whether or not it's gonna it's gonna reach you know uh, the height of what you want it to reach as For far sure. as you know not just in stand up but your jokes and stuff like that and so when he was up there, it was just this weird confidence where he was just like, I'm going to have fucking fun. Now, it's, yeah. I'm giving you permission to have fun with me. Yeah. So just come along for the fucking ride, it man. It makes a big difference. It really does. It really I does. Think, I mean, I was, in, I was in a couple of competitions over the summer. Right. And, you know, they're great. I yeah, love yeah. the competitions. And yeah. I, had some, I had some great sets as a part of that competition. As sure. a part of both. But especially the Yucks one. I mean, it was just incredible. You, mm-hmm. know, you just get up there and you, and you go. But you have this feeling of... There's still this extra feeling of nerves, right? right. You're just like, oh, I gotta hit it. Sure, I gotta hit it because I'm in competition, right? Right. And some of the other sets that I've had were outside of the competition. Like I've been at Yucks, I've been lucky enough to go a couple of times outside of it. Sure. And just other other open mics, and I mean Cochrane. Yeah. It's one of those things where you just don't have that pressure. That's right. the word I'm looking for. Pressure. pressure. Yeah. Once you and and that's the thing, Brandon, amazing. Yeah. And his set was phenomenal yeah. at the finals. And I'd seen him before in the semis. Sure. And, and it was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the finals was just, and you could tell he had no pressure. Right. He was just up there having fun. Yeah, he was just having a good time. And I think that's the key, right? right. Is, is you right. want to go up there and you're just having fun. There's no pressure about but I, I think you're right, this. though. But those nerves kind of keep they your, they do. keep you on the straight and narrow, man. Yeah, like, yeah. they lay out the path, and yeah. whether or not you have fun on that path is up to you. Yeah. But I think the nerves kind of keep you, keep you locked on keep a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it keeps you honest, you yeah. know? So... For sure, man. For sure. So, uh, before the Yucks competition, how many times have you gone up on stage? Three, uh, three times. It was my fourth time. On Jesus stage Christ, man. Yeah, yeah. It was. I couldn't believe it. I just sent my name in. I was like, oh, I don't know. It's it's the mecca, you know. Yuck, yucks. That's uh, yeah. That's the place to the be. Landmark, yeah. To and go and yeah. So I put my name in, and then I got the confirmation, and it was like, 
ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in that scene where it's like you, you, you see a date on the books and you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, uh, I don't want to do that. Oh, man, I got to go to this gig. I am not ready. Yeah. I think that's all it was. was and I think that's when I, I booked... I booked uh, a two more before that. Just oh, you like, did. I was like, oh, I gotta get the, I gotta get the jitters. Away, right, you know what right. I mean? Like, I gotta get. I'm gonna get up there and, and just. And I remember. I remember. Uh, I remember talking to some people, and they were like, oh yeah, man, a bunch of guys went and had the open mic on Monday. Yeah. They got ready for the competition on on Tuesday or whatever it was, yeah. and. And how do you, does that, does that, is that what, cause I know that that's one of the things is that, you know, getting up on stage is, is makes you better and stuff like that it is cause you do quite a bit of open mics and stuff too, man. I like do. You, and yeah. it makes, it makes, we were just saying, you know, when you're able to riff, when you're able to add stuff from the crowd, you feed off that energy. You, sure. you go off script is right. what uh, a lot of us newbies are calling it right now. Yeah. Is you go off that script and you realize that things can be funny. Right. In addition to the stuff that you are, are already going to say. Right. So, yeah, I, 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 I did. I, you know, I tried to get on on a Sunday or a Monday. Right. You know, just to kind of get the jitters. And it was good. You know, sometimes I would I'd mess up my lines. Sometimes right. Sometimes I'd have a little extra beer or two, you sure. know, to calm the nerves. To calm the nerves and then be too calm. And I'd be like, ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I want to say. And you just learn that through getting up there. And it's that advice. Right. You just got to get up on stage. And yeah. you think it's so simple, but it's. What that means, digging deep into that, getting up on stage, doesn't just mean getting up and doing your five minutes right. or your seven minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. It's the whole prep before. It's it's what you do after. Sure. It's you know how you kind of get ready for all that kind of stuff. Right. And I'm very much a, you know, ask my wife, I'm very much like an OCD kind of like, I'm, I'm a routine guy. Right. And so I used to be very much, I had to wear the same shoes. Yeah. You probably noticed I'm wearing the same hoodie and a lot of my uh, my Yucks performances but then the more I got on stage, the more I realized I don't need to do that stuff. Right. I can get out of that routine. I don't need to drink a Keats. I can have sure. vodka water. Or I yeah, can just yeah. have an energy drink or whatever it is. Right. And one of the ones that happened was Mother's Day. It's hilarious. You know, I, I, we had... Um, <laughs> Can't we, wait to hear this one. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> I think it was the semis, was it? Or maybe the finals were really close to Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, you know, I, I really just... I want to get I want to get the jitters off at the open mic on Sundays, right? Like, I just want to... I want to get them out there. And someone's sure. like, it's Mother's Day. Right. You know, you, you got to be smart. Right. I'm like, okay, fine. So, you know, the day goes by. We're celebrating with my mom. We're celebrating with my mother-in-law. It's all good. And uh, I'm like, hey, what do, you, uh, what do you want for dinner, Sim? And she's like, I don't know. What are, what are you thinking? Peter's. I like Peter's. Peter's is a good choice. Right. Peter's is right across the street from the open mic on Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go, and I might be, uh, might be a bit late. And she's like, just go. <laughs> Because if you don't and you fuck up on stage on Tuesday, you're going to blame it on me. <laughs> Just go. And so this was at uh, quarter to seven. Right. And the show starts at seven. Right. Quarter after seven. Yeah. I had no time for any of that. I literally, I was wearing the shorts and the t-shirt that I was wearing. I was just like, I'm going to jump in the car. I'm just going to go going. straight over. Yeah. One of the best sets I've had. No Because I wasn't in that. I wasn't in there. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. I wasn't so focused and on the build I got to do of the... this joke and then it's followed by that joke and then it's, well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You let go of all that shit and you, you just, fo- you're just like, I'm focused more on just getting there on time and, and getting it done. I just want to crush it. I just right. want to get on stage and do it. And that was the first time where I had that lesson where I was like, you don't need to be so worried about being. You need to be prepared. Don't sure, get me wrong. Sure. You can't go up and be like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm just going to riff it. Right, right. But you don't need to be in a place of this mind state where you're just like yeah, obsessing over obsessing every over little, it. yeah. My first one, I think I must have driven my, you know, driven Sim nuts. Right. I did the set over and over. In the car she drove because I needed a drink of vodka even before we got in the car to get <laughs> right. the fucking liquid courage to get up there, right? <laughs> 
Like we're having dinner and I'm like, Sam, I'm just gonna <laughs> We're sitting in the car and I'm just going over it over and over again. But it's just like whatever you gotta do to get up there that first time. Right. Because the adrenaline after Yeah. Like that first time I got off, I can't I can't sit. Sure. I was outside jumping around because yeah. I, I had so much energy. And same with the Yucks competitions. Like it's just when the crowd is that big and you know, the crowd was it was it was a it was a good house every sure. time. Especially the finals. Oh my god. Dude, that I, I I keep saying that to a lot of people and I'm like uh I'm just like, uh, you know what? People don't understand what it's like to go up on stage as an amateur and see 20, 30 people in the room. And then uh, all of a sudden you find yourself in the finals and there's 240 people there. And it's jam-packed to the to the walls, like to the point of where we had to turn people away from the door. It was, it was crazy. And... But there's also the, another side of that is that it brought back a lot of excitement to the amateur local scene. And, and, it, and I think there's a lot of people there that were kind of like, you know, I don't know where things are going to go amateur-wise. There's not a lot, a ton of like, you know, places that are, that are you know, encouraging a lot of amateurs. And stuff. So I think, one, it gave a lot of encouragement to, to amateurs to, to say like, there is a viable scene here. And second of all, it can be fun and it can be, it can be a blast. Yeah. And, the, and the, the great part of it too is that, um, the way that we branded that entire show was like, it's the best show in town for five bucks you can get five or whatever bucks. it was, man. And yeah. then I noticed that like, I would go up to, I always go to the venue early whenever there's a show going on or whatever. I was there like an hour, two hours early and I'd go hang out with Scott or, you know, yeah, whoever's yeah. around. And, uh, I was, I always have to go up to the, the stair, the stairwell cause the Scott, the fucking elevator isn't working god yeah, damn it are you the doors just open the and doors, close yeah. they just open and close <laughs> so i go up i'm in the stairwell i'm waiting for scott to come open the door for me and there's a couple there and they're just hanging out and, and we start talking and they're like oh is this the comedy club this is how we get in and i said oh yeah usually the elevator's up you know and but uh, yeah you know stairs waiting to, to get in right you know my side so where are you guys from and they said oh we're from oklahoma and we were traveling through town and someone said oh you should go check out this amateur show it's only five bucks and so they're like, so we thought, what's, you know, nothing going on. We thought we'd come over and check it out. And right then I was like, if that's how they got word that yeah. this was a great show for five bucks, we can't go wrong with it. No. And it, and I think that showed people in that audience that at the end of that show, so many people come to me afterwards and said, that was like a professional show, man. That's you had some amazing amateur people on there that it didn't feel like it was amateur. It no. felt like it was a real, just a great comedy show. They didn't give a shit whether it was your fourth time on stage or your tenth time. Yeah. When you bring it up, I mean, it's impressive. It's crazy, yeah. but, but people just looked at it as, this is a comedy show, and it's a great thing to do on a Tuesday night, and it was jam-packed. So, I mean, it wasn't all, oh, yeah, I'm bringing 20 people with me or I'm bringing 10 people yeah. with me. Yeah. This was... On a grander scale, where I think that we got to show the city of Calgary that this was uh, this is a very great viable scene that that you can really go see some amazing talent, and they don't have to be massive headliners, no. man, to bring in a crowd. Comedy's alive and well in Calgary. It's doing great. What has your experience sure. been like as an amateur on that? Because you know you hang out with a lot of the guys, you know Paul and yeah, and, yeah, uh, and Adam, and Adam, Adam and Ruby, and Brett Forte, all those guys yeah, and. It's, you know... What's your experience been like? It's been such a crazy ride. Yeah. Like, it's been absolutely crazy. There are a lot of open mics. Yeah. Um, and so you, you do get the opportunity. I've, I've been lucky enough to, you know, go to Cochrane and Red mm-hmm. Deer, um, going to Lethbridge and Medicine Hat, and it's yeah. just... You go, go, and it's it's the camaraderie there is just... That's the fun part, right? Sure. We chatted a bit about that. You get in the car with these comics, and you're just shooting the shit yeah. for laughing a couple the of hours. Way. Just laughing the entire way. And I was lucky with the Red Deer show, actually. I went with Adam, uh, Paul, and, and Scott Trevis. Right. And uh, so we're driving up and just like 
the, the craziest shit just happened as you're yeah. driving up there, right? And so you're able to bring that up on the stage. Yeah, yeah. Right? You get that in front excitement. of the crowd and you just bring that excitement. You bring some of the stories. You're just like, right. you, uh, you guys saw Paul or the take? He said this shit in the car. Can you guys believe this? And everyone's just <laughs> cracking up. They're just along for the ride because right. it's real. Yeah. They know it's real. They know sure. four guys jumped in a car from Calgary. Right. So what they're telling us isn't like bullshit. You know, right. Sometimes you get, you know, three weeks ago I was at the Walmart. And right. Every time I've been saying that joke for two years or whatever. Right, right. So right. You know what's real. Um, it's just a, it's a fun scene. I mean, it's good. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of good people. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good people. Um, it's not perfect by any right. means. And sure. There's, there's always a little bit of, there's always competition. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mid thirties. I'm an old, I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, so I, I can see that sometimes and, and I know what's going on. But for me, it's just, you know, we got to help, we got to help one another out. We just got to get out yeah. there because it's all about the comedy scene. Yeah. Right, it's about people. We're Absolutely. going up there, and we're, we're, we want to get people out. So to hear that, that there's people from Oklahoma getting word for a for a Tuesday show, crazy man, for five bucks, that's unbelievable. It's nuts, and uh, and it is like you know Ben Ben Cannon, just uh, an awesome guy. He's yeah. been super friendly. He's got yeah. his couple of things going on, and yeah, always just uh, just so welcoming. I find that that because uh, we were talking about this earlier about kind of like that. Uh, there's kind of like the new crop of, of young mm -hmm. people coming up, young comedians and stuff like that, and then you've got the ones who are who are kind of getting ready to get signed and you know yeah. people getting ready to kind of move on to that next level yeah. and there's always this evolution of of new talent new people on the scene and stuff like that and i really love that about the scene is that for the most part everybody gets along yeah. and everybody kind of encourages e each other and there's i've heard of a few you know little rumblings here and there or whatever yeah. but uh but for the most part people are people have been very very cool and and very supportive of of one another what about some of the headliners and stuff because we talked about oh, this man. man like we were talking about this earlier i mean you you know heavy hitters in the industry i mean i've just been lucky enough to it's I the mean, russell peters is is someone that you've yeah, you hung I've, out with and stuff i've like been lucky enough to hang out back in the day you know when i was when i first wanted to do this yeah uh, in in two thousand and one, and you know, Russ was was performing at uh, at the Yucks right o over back at the uh, at the end, and it was just you know performing in front of one hundred and fifty people, and you just got it, you get the you know you get excited. And I sure. I just seen his comedy special. Thanks, Dad, again for getting the channel at the time, <laughs> and you know, so you just you you go up and you start chatting with these guys, and they're just so it's the camaraderie, man. Right, like, it's just everyone's so mostly everyone is so sure. friendly, right? Yeah. It's just like. And that was the thing, like Russ, he was just, just, just the nicest guy. Yeah. Just the nicest guy, you know, just, you know, invited me. Uh, yeah. You guys ended up hanging out at the Grey Eagle when yeah, you were there. Yeah. And, it was just, yeah, it's man. one of those things where every time he comes in town, you just kind of go, you know, Hey, you remember me? And he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back and let's yeah. shoot the shit for a little bit or come to the after party. I'll let you in. And yeah, it's just nice to pick his brain every now and then sure. on, on certain things. And then, uh, just getting to meet people like Kathleen. I mean, she's yeah. just, you know, that's how I, I met Kathleen when she was opening for, for Russell at the, right. the Grey Eagle and, you know, my, Sim was trying to get me into comedy. He was like, oh, he does it, but he's just, he doesn't, hasn't done it forever. And Kathleen was like, well, he's a pussy. <laughs> that sounds so like Kathleen I, McGee. Right that's there. Kathleen McGee. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I did get on, I did, I thanked her. Like I, my, my first Instagram post, I was like, you know, thanks Kathleen McGee for yeah. calling me a pussy. And it was just one of those things where, you know, we just, we just hung out this past Thursday. She was right. like, yucks. And after the show, she was like, yeah, let's just chill and hang out and yeah. shoot the shit. And she even remembered, she's like, yep called you a pussy <laughs> but she, but then it was it was what she said after that right she's like i'm so happy that you caught the bug again right because you know it's just so fun to see yeah. people who are so excited about about comedy and stuff yeah. like that and then just being able to at the cockroach show kevin just stobo one of the nicest guys 
had a good like 15 minute conversation with him and yeah. he was just like you've got the funny man yeah you've got the funny i remember when you were up there and i remember uh uh just a succession of you guys all going up yeah. and, and stubble came up to me and he goes i gotta follow these guys like, what the <laughs> fuck man what's going what are you trying to do to me man and i was like didn't i tell you i tried to pull the cream of the crop from calgary over there and, and you know you guys are just you guys are doing amazing What's the plan? Because I know that, oh, you know, man. you and I have talked about this and, and I mean, you know, obviously you got a full-time job yeah, and, you yeah. know, you're, you're married, you got a kid, you got the whole nine yards going, man. And you know what? That doesn't stop people from pursuing their dreams. And, and, but, but what is the end result here for you? What do you want to do? Do you want to do comedy full-time? Do you want to, what do you want to do? If it happens, it happens. Mm-hmm. And right now it's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I had a, I had goals set in my mind for the first year. Right. And I've been fortunate enough blessed you know dad's got my back stuff's happened in the first six months that i could i i thought would take a while sure yuck yucks yeah in the competition finalist performing all over traveling getting asked to perform i mean that that blows my mind yeah because i'm still so so brand new right um yeah absolutely you know i i like you said i have a job um i'm lucky that that i work there but this is one of those things where it's it's a passion Mm -hmm. you know it's something that i i really love i'm i'm a fan of marketing Right. And I use that marketing background that I have. I'm an MBA uh, in marketing as well. Um, so that helps me with my, my, my day job. Right. But it also helps me with comedy quite a bit yeah. to, to market and to promote and to get out there. And that's something that's been a big theme that, that a lot of our, our, our conversations have, yeah. have been just because of the amount of energy that, that people bring to that to the, to the shows. And, and it's a lot of it is, is that reach of, yeah. of, of telling people about it and getting exciting about it and, and telling people that, listen, man, I know you might have seen me two or three times, but the three other people yeah. that are going to be on stage with me tonight are going to fucking blow you away. It's just because it's such a good group of people. Just every time you get to perform it, there's so much talent. I mean, that show, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. Nine finalists. Yeah. Everybody crushed it. Everybody did really everybody well. Everybody did an amazing job. Yeah. And it was just, those guys got a great show. Like that, it was a $50 show. Absolutely. Right? And people paid five bucks and they come out there going, the local scene is crazy. Yeah. It's good for yucks. It's good for amateur. Yeah. Um, yeah, so to answer your question, I mean, I it, I would love to. So you're just going to keep hitting it hard? I'm just going to keep hitting it hard and see what happens. See what we'll, happens. We'll see where it takes us. You know? Who do you but like performing with in town, man? Like, I know you've got kind of like a traveling pack. I ran into Paul last week. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the... <laughs> yeah, at the, at, the, at the painting class or whatever. I, I went in to, uh, to do a little painting, and, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. was outside uh, drinking a coffee. And it was funny because I drove by, and I was like, is that fucking Paul Can out oh, there? Okay, just... And then I stopped, and we parked, and then I got out, and I was like, Paul fucking, that is Paul <laughs> Cannon. Yeah, we ended up talking. And, yeah, great Yeah, time, it's, man. you know, I, it's there's such a good group of people, but um, Adam Ruby mm-hmm. is just a blast. Yeah, uh, I love hanging out with that guy. Yeah, we, you know, in theory, we shouldn't be friends. Right, he's from Boness, and uh, <laughs> it's a big rivalry. Force line. We're supposed to we're supposed to hate each other, but I just it's so fun traveling with that guy. It's so fun just yeah. going on. To, he's so excited all the time. Yeah, and that it just rubs off on you, man. Like he's so stoked that so you get more stoked, yeah. and he gets more stoked, and you're just like, we're gonna fucking crush it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that I remember uh, the night of the finals there, he was sitting there early uh, with his wife, and yeah. I walked by, and I said, hey, come with me over to the green in the room. Let's just talk for a bit, you know, just one-on-one or whatever, and see see how you're feeling, see, see where things are at. And uh, he came in the back with me, and we were talking, and and I was just sitting there, and uh, my my goal was to just to go, I like to go to the green room and just relax yeah. and just kind of, you know, say hi to people and bullshit for a bit and just kind of let the zen kind of yeah, yeah. come in. Yeah, and uh, he came in and he was just like vibrating. He was just like like he had taken like six energy drinks or something, <laughs> just smashed them. And I was thinking to myself, 
well, this isn't going to fucking work because yeah. I'm going to get nervous myself now because he's just like, I got to do it. And he's, I'm just, I remember going just at him. I'm like, you see all this energy, man? Bottle it, contain bottle, it, yeah. and then let it just out let on it stage, on stage, man. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stage, and, yeah. and he all of a sudden, he just kind of became, just kind of flowed, and he just kind of relaxed for a second. And, and I think once, once you realize that... Um, it's normal to be completely out of your mind and, and crazy and and, uh, and and nervous about something yeah. that you know it's just like a fight, right? Yeah, like yeah. you you watch the clock and you're like, I got I'm up, I'm up next here, and you start you know yeah. loosening up and you start you know what I mean. But that's that's comedy. It I mean, is. You yeah. just yeah, you're getting ready to kind of go into battle, and and I mean there there there's a big mental process to that totally. entire thing. Yeah. yeah, there's always a nervous energy, and I'm still there like is. I'm still there, right? I'm yeah. God, I'm still fairly new at this, and I still get there, right? I gotta sure. pump myself up, I kind of pace a little bit. Yeah, I'm just kind of. I'm calming myself, but I'm getting the energy level up so I can get up there and be like, "Yeah, bam, yeah." Right? And the, you don't want to go from zero to sixty up on stage. Exactly. You want to be up at sixty. You want to be at sixty when you hit that stage. Yeah. And I even noticed that, like on on uh, on Friday night, I went to go see, of course, uh, Kathleen McGee yeah. and Garrett Clark, and and you know all these great great comics. And and uh, I just remember sitting at the back of the room and looking behind me, and I still look at you know Donovan Deschner yeah, and yeah. Kathleen McGee. Everybody's still pacing back there yeah, and yeah. just kind of shaking out the nerves a bit. And I'm like. Hey, these guys have been doing it for ten years, and they're still they're doing still, it. They're yeah. still just, you know, like you it's like said. you said, it's getting ready for a fight. You just, it is. It's, it's almost like you just got to get to this place in your head, yeah. and you can't do it on stage. You can't, you can't ramp yourself up there, right? Because right. It's not just the time thing; it's the yeah. audience, and it's about making them laugh. And you can't, you know, like, hey guys, yeah, how's it going? And then slowly get into that. You got to be up there and ready, like bam, yeah, him, right, hit them. Hit him hard. So exactly, yeah. No, Adams. Uh, Adams great. Paul can. We mentioned him. He's uh, one of the. You know, my first time when I went up at the open mic, he was uh, you know, one of the only people who kind of came up to me after and was like, "Hey, that was great. That was good shit." Here's yeah. my, you know, add me on Facebook and let's just kind of let's be let's be buddies. And I was like, "Of course, yeah." I like. He's that. just That's got it. this uh, this Ricky Gervais type of yeah. uh, calmness and funny, quirky, and he's like witty that comedy all man. the time. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like this isn't one of those things where I remember uh, it might have been Laurie or it might have been Fraser. It was like, "Yeah, it's still great." Like you get into this yeah. this character, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, "It's not. He's like, <laughs> it's not a character." <laughs> this is Paul Can twenty four seven all the time. That like, is, yeah. You know, he's just. But it's so funny because I was like, we were talking, and I'm like, dude. I mean, like, there's a part of you that's like, I know, I'm forty. I'm forty one. I'm getting on forty two yeah. here pretty soon, and I'm like. I still love that shit where you all pile in the car together and it's yeah. just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of crazies going up for a road to trip and everyone's having fun and bullshitting yeah. with each other and laughing about stuff. And you just yeah, get the man. stories, right? You just get the stories. It is. So, yeah. Uh, Scott Travis is another guy who was in the competition. I love Scott. Yeah. He's good just, dude, man. He's just a good dude. He's yeah. Just, you know, again, these are one of those things. He's got, you know, Scott's got, got kids that are, are a bit older. Right. And, and, you know, he's just like, it's never too late. Yeah. And so, and the same thing. We've had that conversation with Scott too where I'm like, do you wish like 20 years ago? And he's like, no, because I wouldn't have what I have now. Right. You have right. to go through that journey to get to a point. And everybody you, will get to it at a different point. You know? Sure. Paul's, Paul and Scott are at their age, and then me and Adam are you know, where, where, where we're at. And right. then you've got the young kids. Yeah. You've got your Bobbies and your Jakes, right? And it's just like there's that spectrum. Yeah. But that means it's never too late. But I find that that variety gives shows oh, just so awesome. much more content, like so much more great uh, diversity. And, and it, it appeals to a wider audience is that when you have someone – 
you know, who's up there talking about uh, angst at being 18 or 19 yeah, years yeah. old and, and working at a fucking ice cream shop or a coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, good old Jake. Right? Yeah, and I then you got the 20. guy. Oh. <laughs> and, then, and then you got us going up there who's like, yeah, I'm 40 and I work in a fucking cubicle, you yeah, bastards, yeah. <laughs> you sons of bitches. Life you gave up on me years know. ago. Yeah, you don't know what it's like. But that's, And that's what makes comedy fun. Yeah. Right, is when Jake goes up there and does something like that or Bobby goes and, and, and does something. I mean, even Scott followed me yeah. in the semifinals and he was just like, ah, oh, shit, and I've just talked about, like, jizz for a couple of minutes and, like, going to a sperm clinic. Uh, rainbows and unicorns, guys. But then he riffed, too, and he was like, the only time I ever talk about jizz is when I'm in the shower because i got two kids. And I just and I was like, Scott, it was brilliant. And, then, and again, yeah. it's not in his script. Sure. You know, he wasn't planning on going just up and talking about it. stuff that comes up and that you're just like, man, you got to use that stuff. Man, what does your family think of all this stuff? I mean, besides Sim, I mean, obviously she's got Very your back and, yeah. and super supportive. Uh, what is the rest? And, and of course, uh, I want to kind of blend this last question with you of, of you know, what does your family think? Because um, you and I come from very cultural backgrounds. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. We're, uh, we're, I guess, technically minorities in the city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that also adds some flavor to it in that we're able to incorporate some, some of those, yeah. those beautifully cultural laughs and, and things into acts. And, and, and you bring that into, into your comedy, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and what has that been like? Uh, for you and uh, as far as being a minority, there's not a ton of people that are in the business mm-hmm. that that's uh, that are minorities, so to speak. Um, but uh, what is that? What has that been like for you? And and, and what is your family's uh, perception of, of you getting into comedy? You know, it's 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 awesome because being being an Indo Canadian, but being a you know second. I mean, my dad came here and I was born here, right? right. So it's just kind of like. We were very a uh, part of our culture. We right. grew up, you know, learning the language. That's all we spoke at home. The right. rule was, you know, me and my older brother would speak in English, but if we want to talk to mom and dad, we had to speak in, in Punjabi, right? right? So it was just like we were immersed in the culture. We went to right. all the functions. We went to the temples and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then we're also Canadian, right? So right. it's like you're able to – and I'm lucky I had my older brother because it was one of those things like we'd go to temple – and, you know, so my dad was always, you know, he was very, he was a strict man. He, he followed things, but he also could, you know, especially later in life, he started to joke a lot more. Like right. he used to tell us jokes, like just funny. Loosened up a bit more. Yeah. yeah. He, funny shit that he used to, you know, he used to hear back home. And then he started playing pranks when he got a bit older. Like it was just funny. He'd no. hide and scare the shit out of my mom when she'd come up the stairs. <laughs> and it was just so great to see, right? Because you get older now and your kids are, your kids are married, your kids sure. have kids. And you're just like, okay, I've done what I needed to do. Right. I can chill out. I can hang out with my grandkids. He started hanging out with my nephews. Right. You know, taking them to school and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, that, that, you know, that, that makes a big impact. And then my brother, it was just one of those things where, you know, having this old, he's five years older than I am. Right. And, you know, so he was, he was only at elementary for one year. So I never really had like that protection. Sure. But I always had the protection. Like right. Right. Oh, Everyone sure, knew you know, your older brother. Sonny, yeah. Sonny went here before. You know, teachers would be like, oh, you're, you're Sonny's brother. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you kind of you paved know? the way for you. So it was so good to have that because we go to temple and stuff and, you know, what we thought was funny, but maybe the culture didn't think was funny, but sure. the new Canadians would think was funny. Right. We'd riff on that, right? We'd yeah. be sitting at temple and something would happen and everyone else would be serious and we'd look over at one another and just kind of crack up knowing yeah. what the other was thinking, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think it's great because it does, it, it brings a brand new, you know, it mm-hmm. brings a brand new piece. Yeah, you know, I'm able to bring this this other slice of the comedy. And Canadians pie. are funny though too, because like they're, it's a very polite crowd. It I is, find yeah. Canada is very polite. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's assholes in every crowd, but I mean, yeah. but there's but there's a certain politeness to it where where uh, 
they sometimes don't know how to react to people of color, yeah. people that are minorities. And yeah. that I find that if you give them permission to yes. laugh at the things that you make okay for them and to loosen up or whatever, then you got them, man. You when I do the Indian your... stuff, when yeah. I do the brown stuff, you know, usually people start and they're like, oh, yeah. can I laugh? Can I go, oh, am I, is it okay? But by me saying it, and I've even said on stage, like, it's cool, guys. Yeah. Don't worry. It's okay. Guy, right? like, yeah, yeah. It's totally fine. Or, you know, I call them out on it, like, wow, you guys laughed a little too hard at that one. Right. <gasps> Racist. Right? It, just, <laughs> it brings it, and it allows them, it, it makes it okay. Right. And I think that's what, what is so awesome about it, is it does make it okay. Yeah. It's almost like comedy is uh, is, is the catalyst to to say whatever you want. Mm. And I think people like Russell Peters that, that yeah. uh, would have been able to... Uh, to really focus on some of the funny parts of being a minority, of being you know uh, Asian or, or being uh, Indo-Canadian or, or you know you know black or yeah. Jamaican or what, what, whatever the race is, he almost gave people the permission to laugh at. Yes. He opened up that arena to say, you know what, nothing is off limits. We're yeah. all funny in our same way, and uh, we're able to uh, to make people laugh at some of the little intricacies that we do in our culture that yeah. you might not be used to yeah, exactly. or whatever. But I find that. Once that whole that whole pressure comes down, where people are like, I don't know if it's okay to laugh at that. Well, the brown guy is laughing at it, so it's okay to. It's you know what I mean? Totally, it's fun. totally good yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things. Like even and just being in comedy, I start like I'm looking at articles, I'm reading stuff online, and I'm right. just trying to figure stuff out. And they talk about like the sociological piece of it too, right? Where it's like usually you're at a comedy club, you're seated with a couple of your buddies, but just a couple of seats down, sure. there's a person you don't know, but they're really close. Right. So, you know, the comedy show starts, you're like, oh, that's fu-. Wait, can I laugh? That guy, <laughs> like, he just made a Chinese joke. That guy's Chinese. Yeah, exactly. Oh, shit. But then when the Chinese guy's laughing, you're like, fuck. Awesome. Yeah, it's good and to go it's, now. It's, and that's what you see in a lot of the Canadian clubs because it's such right. a melting pot, right? Yeah. Like you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, the family, it's it, they've been so supportive. Like I said, my older brother, he, you know, it was just great having him growing up and, yeah. and being able to, to riff on that stuff and being Canadian. Um, he's got two boys, my nephews, they're 17 and 9, and they both think it's just the coolest thing in the world. Right? That's like, awesome. Man. My youngest nephew's always like, what did you do today? <laughs> what did you do? Did you do something new? He's just so excited, right? And, and so, so that's great. And then my mom, it's just, you know, my mom is, uh, you know, she's, she's just the, the sweetest, the loveliest lady. And, uh, but she, she kind of taught the story piece. My dad was jokes, right? you know, but my mom was always about stories. My mom would always tell stories about like my uncles growing up and stuff yeah. like that. Right. I never, I had no grandparents out here. So that's, that's where like you get that. the, the good so raconteur storytelling. And right? actually I was at a show, I was at a kid friendly show. My mom came for the first time right? right? and I was just she sat in the front row and, um, I'm doing my thing. And I look up, I'm going to embarrass her, but she's probably not going to listen to this anyway. <laughs> but, you know, and I look up and she's, she's in tears. Right. right. She's crying. She's so emotional. And I'm like, God, am I, like, is my, but the rest of the crowd's laughing. So I know it's not my comedy that's making she's her cry. Proud of you. Yeah. And she's just so proud. Right. And then right. My, my daughter like climbed up on stage and I just picked her up. I saw I did, that picture, man. I did five amazing. minutes of my set with her in my, in my, in my arms. And, you know, it's one of those things. And I talked to mom after. I was like, mom, what, what happened? Like, and she's like, I'm just so proud of you. That's amazing. Like, you look man. like your dad out there. And that's right. like the best compliment I sure. get because my dad's my hero, right? Yeah, so yeah. to see that and just to, she was just like, it was, your dad would have been so proud. And I know a lot of this is happening because dad's up there. Like, sure. just, he's like, for you. finally, like you've been bugging <laughs> me. You bugged me for 31 years with your jokes and pranks. And, yeah. You know, I'm just happy you're going to go and like spread that yeah. talent that you have. And we talked about passion, but there's also talent. Sure. Right. And I think naturally people are good at certain things. And there's very few people who get to do that. Right. You talk, you know, you hear about athletes and they're just like, yeah, this, 
I love basketball, but sure. I'm also really just good at it. Yeah. You know, and, and I've just had this ability to make people laugh since sure. I was a kid. I grew up with a turban. I had to make people laugh. Right. Because otherwise people wanted to kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and it just turned into one of those things where it was like people started laughing instead of at me. They started laughing with me. Right. And I started bringing all these people on board. And it was just like, okay, this is a, I'm passionate about it. I love it. Yeah. Apparently I'm good at it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been six and a half months of the craziest ride. I'm, this is Yuck hey, Yucks. I'm at a podcast. Yeah. You, you asked me this six months ago. I'd been like, look, man, if I'm still on stage <laughs> once a month, we'll be a good thing. We'll be good. Yeah. Well, man, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I and, and I think you're a tremendous talent. And uh, to see you uh, come from... Uh, from uh, the competition and, and just to see the, the uh, amazing amount of uh, talent work that, and, and ambition that you put into it is, is nothing sort of amazing. And, uh, Hey, I look forward to continue working with you, man. I think it's a, I think it's a great, great thing for you. And I, I think that control. you doing this is exactly where you need to be yeah. right now. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's, that's where you're supposed to be. Right that's now. the, you, you get to where you're going to get when it's supposed to happen. Yeah, man. Where can people find you Nav? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Okay. Uh, Nav Galley. The name is pretty simple. Uh, and on Twitter, at NavGalley. Perfect. Uh, Instagram, NavGalley. Perfect, so, yeah, man. Just follow me on all the social medias. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly promoting yeah. my shit and everyone else's shit. Yeah. I just, I love That's the a good comedy, thing, man. So. That's a good thing. Yeah, follow me. People. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. folks and there you have it the interview with mr nav galley what a great guy great guy i really enjoyed that sit down and, and we've become really good friends uh since we met and i'm looking forward to seeing nav uh, again uh fantastic talent and i think he's gonna go places folks keep an ear out and an eye out for mr nav galley wherever he appears next you can follow him on twitter i think on facebook instagram the whole nine yards man anyway Hey, on behalf of myself, your host, Jay Kirsch, the entire crew at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer, Kira Williams, and of course, big congratulations to our webmaster, Camille Sorovi, and of course, our uh, wicked guitar player, master extraordinaire, Mr. Lane Argue. Check him out, www.laneargueguitar.com, I believe is the website. If not, check the iTunes description for the link. And stay tuned, folks. we got some dynamite interviews coming up. We will see you next week.